This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi, from California, and afternoon your time in New York, right? Yep, it's one fifty-four. Good morning, Mom. So we just gotten through Valentine's, which, uh, you know, was probably a little struggle for some people, but now, for some people, it was kind of, uh, kind of an interesting holiday, some little interest, and now we're moving on, uh, would you call it the February blahs or something? Well, there's a lot of holidays up until February, and sometimes that's difficult for some people and very hard, and then for others, it's kind of a nice diversion. And then you get to February, and I know here on the East Coast in New York, it's very, very dark. It is absolutely, hands down, I think, the worst month of the year for most people here. And it's if you're already feeling bad, it's really easy to just want to crawl up into bed and not get up, and it's hard to just keep moving when it's dark and freezing outside. Absolutely, and that's one of the reasons we've got such a great guest on for you today, Susan W. Reynolds, because she's written uh, a book called Room for Change, and we're going to be talking about creating a healing environment for you, which is uh, a great thing to think about in this time in February, isn't it, Heidi? Absolutely. I think that the timing of the show is perfect, because as you said, Susan has written Room for Change, Practical Ideas for Reviving after loss, and Susan is no stranger to loss herself because in 2004, at 49 years old, her husband died. Yeah, so she's been through a lot, and uh, using her physical therapy training and her interior design training, we're going to hear some great ideas from her. Well, hi, Susan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, I love your book, and uh, and you've got some great ideas. Tell us a little bit uh, about the loss of your husband in uh, 2004. Uh, he was uh, diagnosed with lymphoma, and uh, that was a two-year struggle. And the um, the last uh, part was a an stem cell transplant that failed. And uh, he lived and got to you know to, to the fullest, and 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 got to end his days in a setting that he enjoyed, and um, and and that left me there in that setting that he enjoyed, and that was where the idea of the book came. Mm-hmm. Now, what was his name, and what did he do? Um, his name was Ed Reynolds, and he was uh, in the insurance industry, um, kind of in the whole... And you were up in the Adirondacks, is that right? Yes, yes. Beautiful country up there. Beautiful, nine acres, and again, that's where he mm. wanted his end days, and I say the son of a gun got it, because that's where mm. I ended up, too, but um, it's a, be- a beautiful healing spot. Mm-hmm. And now you've moved to Texas, right? Yes, so a little more sunshine, uh-huh. as your daughter was mm-hmm. saying, yeah. a, little, a little, little more brightness all year round. Now, you had a lot going on after, you, after uh, Ed died because your daughters uh, graduated from high school, is that right, or college, or where were from they? From college. Oh, from college, okay. And then you were saying that your dog died that year, too. Correct. So you really had a, a lot of change going on up there in the Adirondacks. A lot of change, and uh, again, change can be an opportunity or it can be considered a loss. And at that time, uh, I wasn't looking at the loss as an opportunity. Um, whether it's losses, loss of health, or loss of dreams, uh, loss of an individual, um, it, it sometimes it takes you a little longer to uh, find that hope. 
So now, were you uh, working as a physical therapist at the time? No, I wasn't. I um, actually was a redesigner, interior redesigner, helping people with uh, in uh, one-day room makeovers, color consulting. And I was asked by hospice to uh, speak to um, some folks about what they could do to freshen their space. Mm-hmm. I had been in that space two years previously as part of a, the bereavement group, and I never went back. Um, the room was dark. I, did, I felt closed in. I didn't feel like sharing. Um, this time I came in, I felt like sharing. I was so inspired uh, by the people that attended. And again, as your daughter saying, in the slush of the midst of winter, that I said, because of you, I'm going to write a book. And I had never written before. And um, again, another opportunity. Absolutely. And, and had you changed your own setting when you wrote the book? Were you inspired to kind of redesign your house after Ed died? Yes. After Ed died, actually, I, um, I built a smaller home. And um, uh, that that helped. But I was also still in with the same people and the same routine, uh, and maybe not enough of a new routine to support myself at that time. But again, it's in all loss, it's it's the tiny steps. It's not the grand ones. And um, eventually, I moved to you know Austin, Texas. And as I wrote the book, um, I was really preaching to the choir uh, because healing isn't. Uh, at least for me, hasn't been a, a year-by-year process. It's just a, a layering. Now tell us, um, you know, our folks tell us that after the loss, particularly of a spouse, the bedroom seems to be a difficult place for them, and they say the bed alone and that kind of thing. And I know you've got some ideas for our guests about the bedroom. Can you tell them some of those ideas? Yeah. Uh, one of the easiest things uh, for me, again, my husband um, did uh, pass away at home, was uh, to buy a new set of sheets. And if possible, um, you can change, if you can change the orientation of the bed, uh, maybe to a, another wall or um, even if you have a guest room bed, maybe you, maybe you had a king and now the king bed feels too big. Maybe your guest room has a double bed or, so you can think about swapping. Think about um, what's, nurturing to you. Now, by all means, if you're comfortable in that bed, you know, um, go with it. But uh, that was one thing I did um, was swap out the beds. I went from a king bed to a queen, and that helped me. Um, other things are, uh, just with, uh, with other rooms in the house, too, is when you change position, you change focus. So it might even be taking a dresser out and putting it into a, a closet and using it for storage to give you more room to make a little seating area for yourself to read. I like that idea of the closet because Heidi and I were talking about the show earlier and Heidi said, I said, um, she's got some ideas about, you know, what to do with clothes and all medicine and all that kind of thing about cleaning it out. And I said to Heidi, wow, if you had an empty closet and it made you feel bad, it would be a great place to put a, the dresser in the closet, which, you know, I hadn't thought about. But then, Heidi, you made the comment about uh, what about other people too, right? Well, you know, one of the issues that we always come up against, and which we did personally when my brother died, is some people wanted to get rid of things a lot quicker than others. And when, and, and also when is the, the right time to let go of some of the stuff that, that reminds you of the person that died? And I know there's not a right or wrong answer, 
it's so it's so hard to do that sometimes. Even though you know that, you know, having old things around and medicine, et cetera, or even old clothes isn't really beneficial at this point. It's hard it's hard to let go of them. Well that that's when I try to encourage people to um take like a clear bin and mm. you know, save what some of the things that you think are important. And you also, I looked at my daughters and I have one that's very visual and very tactile and another one that isn't. And so mm-hmm. even I try to explain to people, even if you're very visual and tactile, if someone else doesn't want a garment or, um, or does, you know, it, it's a very individual thing. Um, for my, mm-hmm. my case, my husband was a, a very large man, six, six, size 15 wow. shoes and the presence of his clothes um, it personally was was rather ominous for me, and so I took the closet walk in closet and um, had missions come uh, husband and wife team and and get his clothes um, probably within the first month and then you have that empty mm-hmm. void well i said i 've got to make uh, for myself i made it a i don 't want to say a sanctuary, but I put an, an orchid in there and a little affirmation mm-hmm. so so um and there was still a memory, a still a presence. I put a different fragrance in in there because, again, mm-hmm. our loved ones, uh, we, as we carry a frag and just a natural fragrance with us, and so I and introduced a new fragrance. And then gradually, my shoes went over, and some drawers remained um, empty. But um, it can be a it can be a slow process. It doesn't have to be very. It doesn't have to be dramatic. Well, I like that, and I like the idea of putting things in bins for a while and also transforming that space so you don't just leave an empty space there to something kind of healing. Mm-hmm. And I, I love I love the bin idea, too. That gives everybody a chance, particularly sometimes maybe people are away at college or something like that, and, and you know, people can go through it at their, their leisure. So that that's a great idea. Well, another area, eating is a big thing, um, you know, alone in the kitchen or whatever. And you've got some great thoughts about that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I ended up gravitating to the couch, even though that was like a family rule. rule you don't eat on the couch, you sit at the table. Um, but I, my feeling is wherever you are going to be eating, and we really do need to nurture ourselves, um, is to, to make it an inviting place. So I, I, for me, it was easy to have a, a tray that I set up. I, I got some... Um, inexpensive, uh, new inexpensive dishware um, that I kind of, uh, well, I guess I, I just splurged on myself a little bit of, of a little brighter color, and I would take that tray um, to the, uh, the couch, but I also knew that I, even where I would, if, if I ate carry out, um, to go to a setting where there were people, where there was motion, because again, I didn't, I had no dog at home, I had no people at home, and um, so just to hear the other people talk, to see the kids playing ball, th- those were important factors for me, um, to be in a social setting without feeling I had to be social. And then, then you talk about doing some things like, you know, just because you have a dining room doesn't mean it has to function as that, does it? No, it doesn't. And I know... Um, one uh, woman that I worked with, she ended up um, putting French doors on that and putting in it, made in it made, excuse me, made it into a game room. And um, and other people, for example, if you're a scrapbooker or you know you do crossword puzzles, 
um, you know, leave, leave that area out and still make it a, a functional space for you. What I try to encourage is, and this is, again, something my mother always said. She said, if you look at your guest room, how do you treat a guest? You know, you should stay one night in a guest room to see how your guests are treated. Well, I like, that. I like to think at this point an opportunity, especially in loss, we think, oh, we're going to dishonor the memory of the loved one. But treat yourself as a guest. This is now when I use my water for crystal on a daily basis. You know, it might have orange juice in it. It might have... Um, it might be a glass of wine, it might be a glass of water, but why am I waiting? And mm-hmm. um, as a caretaker, it is often hard to consider that, but um, I think that's uh, a very um, helpful, it was helpful for me mm-hmm. to start, feel like I was splurging on myself. I love that. Well, we, we don't have to wait to bring out the fine china. Yeah. That's no, good. no. And if we're not using it, um, I like to, I, I like, when I work with my clients, I like to say, if you don't absolutely love it, and if it's not multi, multi-purposeful, um, maybe there's someone else that would even love it more. And, mm-hmm. um, and that, that is also, um, a gift, people, if, if you know that, uh, you know, your, your end of life is there. I mean, if people, can make some of these decisions too about items, which items tend can pull us down, um, can sweep us back into uh, the past when we need to create some room for change. We need some some uh, walls or cupboards that are empty to bring new things in. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, talking with your loved ones prior to and uh, finding where things could be donated. Um, is a gift mm-hmm. to give to those left behind, too. Well, one of the things I, I really, I was telling Heidi about the, that I really got a smile on my face is you have a picture of a front door where I was saying to Heidi, you know, you think about what your front door, you've got a welcome mat and uh, all sorts of things. Talk about that. I mean, what a great thing to say, I'm here, welcome, even after yes, a loss. And, it, and, and most people, it may not be your front door. It may be that door from your garage, you know, into your laundry room. And, again, what does it say? Do you have a bunch of, um, you know, recycling bags there and the dry cleaning? And, I mean, you're entering into your home and out of your home, uh, not that it has to be pristine, but to clear the, you know, to clear the clutter at least so that you're inviting, inviting yourself into this peaceful space or it's a bright space. And um, one thing I, I – we're not talking about, again, huge – doesn't have to be huge changes. I worked with a client who changed her front mat after she had lost her husband. It's about four months from gone golfing, which was his, <laughs> to one with flowers for her. Mm-hmm. To me, I call that a touchdown. That mm-hmm. um, was huge, and it was a little bit of her – and um, supporting herself and welcoming others back into um, her life. Don't you love that touchdown idea, Heidi? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just the small change. Yeah. And, and I think it's important for people out there to know that they don't have to make a huge change. If you make one small change, then sometimes it leads to other small changes, and uh, who knows then? 
Well, uh, Susan, do you have one last word for those folks out there who are saying, hmm, I could do something? Do you have any idea for them how they might just jumpstart themselves? Oh, there, there are so many, but I, I probably would think I would um, suggest is just look at a magazine today. And again, it doesn't even have to be, you know, a, a certain genre of magazine. Or look at a magazine or look at a piece of fabric or a, a picture that you always love in your house, something that you always gravitate to, and say, what color do, speaks to me today? And bring that color close to you, whether, whether it's in a candle or it's in a new pair of shoes or it's in um, a writing journal. But think about what you have around you. And is there something that, that sparks? And it can be very simple, but bring that to you and um, a lot of gifts will arrive. Oh, well, Susan, thank you so much for being on the show today. What, what great ideas, and I hope everyone will get your book, Room for Change, Practical Ideas for Reviving After Loss. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great gift for someone uh, who's had a loss and, and needs a little jump start. Just really great ideas, and thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Susan, and thank you for helping people create a healing environment after their losses. Well, Heidi, what a great show we had today, and uh, Susan's pretty amazing. It's really refreshing ideas, don't you think? Yeah, I love the idea of, t- of treating ourselves as guests and doing what what we would do for others for ourselves. Absolutely. We don't need a reason. We don't need an excuse. We don't need a holiday to do it. We can do it every day. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for listening to the show today, and please tune in again next week to more of the Open to Hope show. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.